1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Uh, we're so glad to have everybody also watching online. We've got people watching us from all over the world, even the Middle East. Those poor people in Australia, oh my gosh, they've lost their country. New Zealand, South Africa is on the brink of chaos. Uh, but I want you good folks to know everything is covered. Amen. The good folks here at Faith Christian Center are so generous. Everything is covered. So it's our joy to be a blessing. In fact, when I got to the office Tuesday, I discovered that uh, as of Tuesday, Faith Christian Center has taken in a million more dollars than the same week in 2020. And you know, the devil's crowd's not sending us a nickel. <laughs> so it's the blessing. Lift your both hands. Say, thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. You protect us. Thank you, Father God. You bless us. Thank you, Father God. You prosper us. You know, I just, I just have a feeling and a knowing that if, if we will focus on seeing God as our source, and if we will focus on giving him the credit, the glory, and the honor for every good thing, then we're going to continue to skate and be blessed. Amen? Amen. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing the annual Bible reading twice this year because I've been giving my Bibles to grandchildren, and I've got two about the same age now coming up. And uh, so I just finished Second Kings. You understand, once I get toward the week of increase, then I have to focus on that. But before the week of increase, I finished Second Kings, and it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Idolatry is a big deal, and it's really sad because one of the last kings of Judah was one of the greatest kings of Judah, Josiah, and he tears down, you know, the Asherah poles and gets rid of the Chemosh worship. They even had male prostitutes in the temple. He gets rid of all of that does everything because actually let me back up the start of the story the start of the story reminds me of western democracies right now because when Josiah came to the kingship they decided to do a refreshing of the temple like we're doing here with our building at Faith Christian Center and in the process of doing the remodel and the refreshing uh, the high priest comes to Josiah and says, we found a book in the temple. Okay, then when the high priest reads it to King Josiah, Josiah wept. Now this tells you how ignorant they were of the word of God. Because the book, of course, that they found was the first, what we call the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. Okay, but if the high priest didn't know there was such a book, then nobody knew there was such a book. 
See, if you don't know what God has said about this, or if you don't know what God has said about that, number one, you don't know what the requirements of God are. And then secondly, you can't believe God for the promises of God. And the last 10, 20 years, the cool thing in churches has been to not have the Bible in sermons. To do what? Hide the Word of God from people coming to church. And so my prayer for pastors out there is somebody's going to bring you a book and say, Pastor, we found a book. Amen. Amen. Because it's the Word of God that gives us the ability to know the requirements of God. It's the Word of God that gives us the ability to be saved and sanctified and baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. But then it's in the Word of God we find the promises of God. Not just the requirements of God, but the promises of God. Now, the reason I'm on this is we're continuing in this series on faith and prayer. And we left off two Wednesdays ago talking about the integrity of the Word of God. The integrity of the Word of God is the basis for our faith. And on the contrary, the flip side of that, the reason for unbelief and a faltering faith is a lack of assurance of the integrity and the promises of God's word. This is why this dark world and Satan and liberal preachers constantly try and chip away at the integrity, the veracity, the accuracy, and the divine inspiration of the scriptures. Uh, two weeks ago, I mentioned that in Romans 10, 8, the Bible actually calls the word of God, the word of faith. In other words, it is the word of God, but it is also the word of faith because the word of God is the basis for our faith. Romans 10, 8, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. And by the way, this is a direct quote out of that book they found in the temple, the Pentateuch. Actually, this is a quote from Deuteronomy. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. Say it out loud. The word of God, word of God is, to is to be in my mouth and in my heart. In my heart. So God's word, God's word gives birth to faith. Say it out loud. God's word, God's word gives, birth to faith. gives birth to faith. I grew up in a... Uh, My earliest recollections are of living on East Grand Avenue in Highland Park, Michigan, which is a city inside of Detroit, and uh, it's the worst of the worst today. When I was a boy, if, if you walked out the front door and got in the car and went to the right and got to the end of the block and turned left, uh, that was Henry Ford's first factory. And uh, I remember walking the other way. You go out the front door and you go to the left. And we could walk down to Woodward Avenue, catch the uh, streetcar downtown. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, man, he's getting up there. <laughs> but uh, my mom had two slip discs in her back. And back then, of course, it was all very archaic. And so by that time, we'd moved to Warren. And I remember staying with a neighbor boy. I remember that very distinctly because he was wet in the bed. So, you know, I slept on the floor. And uh, 
So she goes in for this surgery on her back, and they, they do what they did on her slip disc. And But the surgery, the recovery was so horrific, she decided she was going to find another alternative rather than go back and get the second disc repaired. And so she searched the radio, uh, Christian radio, because my earliest recollections, that's why I started, I remember sleeping on the pew in an American Baptist church in Highland Park, Michigan. I remember distinctly that the pews were wood, they were very hard, and there was nothing for children. And so in her quest, she found Bethesda Missionary Temple, and sure enough, she was healed. She never had to get that second surgery. Amen. Amen. Uh, but they had children's church. They had Sunday school. Children's ministries are really important. Amen. And I don't understand why a lot of these churches have reopened without children's ministries. Amen. You know, children are just as important as y'all. Actually, children are more important than y'all because when you're gone, the children will be members of Faith Christian Center if the Amen. Lord tarries. Amen. And uh, so that church was a faith church and it was a, a church that believed in healing. Lester Summerall told me one night, he leaned across the coffee table and he said, he said, uh, he said, you have M.D. Beale in you. He said, you'll never escape her. He said, she's part of you. She's in you. And he said, he never met anybody like her because he said she spoke for him and he spoke for her. And he said, she could preach the power, the anointing of God down. She could cast devils out of drunkards and uh, wife beaters. And then she'd go back to her office and put her full-length mint coat on and walk outside and get in her brand-new Cadillac and go home. He said there was nobody like her. Now, the reason I mention that is in 1970, we moved from there. My dad had worked for various Ford dealers, then he worked for Ford Motor Company. And then in 1970, he and another guy bought a Ford dealership outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, there was no church like that. There was no church like that. So what are you going to do? Well, you find the best you can find. And we started going to a denominational full gospel church. And so from 1970 until I resigned in 1983, we were among those people. And they were good people. They were wonderful people. You know, we have friends from that, those days yet. But they didn't seem to know anything about healing. They didn't seem to know anything about what the Bible has to say about success. They didn't seem to know anything about what the Bible has to say about prosperity. My point of telling that little story is this. If you don't know it from the Word of God, you can't believe for it. If no one ever stands and teaches you, this is what the Bible says about success. This is what the Bible says about saving money. This is what the Bible says about God blessing all the work of your hands. This is what, God, this is what the Bible says about healing. It's not that you're stupid. You're ignorant because nobody, nobody is teaching you the word of God. But once you hear the word of God, see, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and this word that we're preaching is called the word of faith. So when you hear the word, faith 
springs up in your heart. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's a natural thing. It's a natural Tell the neighbor on the other side, it's a natural thing. So that when you hear the word of God, faith springs up in your heart and you believe. But if there's no word, there's no faith. And then also back in Josiah's day, because there was no word, there was no obedience. How can you obey a word you don't know? So Josiah did this great big moral cleanup. And the Bible brags on Josiah in an amazing way. and calls he's, The Bible says there was not a king like him before or after. Sounds great, doesn't it? But then the Bible says, but because of their idolatry, two things, because of their idolatry and because of the shedding of innocent blood, the Lord was not willing to forgive and quickly. They were invaded by a foreign power and they were conquered. So when I read stuff like that, I say to myself, we can never be involved in the shedding of innocent blood, but then on top of it, we have got to avoid idolatry at all costs. So when I say look to the Lord, that's what I'm teaching y'all as the leader here. So we're not looking to this. And and if you think the Supreme Court's going to save you, you need an IQ test. So we're not looking to this person. We're not looking to that person. We're certainly not looking to bureaucrats, you know, in health, in the government. But we look to the Lord, and the Lord saves us, and the Lord delivers us, and the Lord blesses us, and the Lord prospers us. Amen? Amen. And, uh, and I know this. Well, we're going to get to it tonight. Over and over and over in Paul's writings, Paul says, the God who cannot lie. It, it, you know, your wife comes home with a, a new haircut and says, honey, how do I look? Well, you know, you're not a liar, but you know, let's say you stretch the truth on that occasion. <laughs> well, God, even if he wanted to tell a lie, he can't. The God who cannot lie. Amen. Amen? Versus that bunch in Washington. So this is easy. Tell your neighbor, this is, this is easy. So God's word gives birth to faith. Say it out loud. God's word, God's gives, word birth gives birth to faith. And God's word is faith expressed. Hebrews eleven three. through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So God framed this world with words. And in the same way God framed this world with words, you frame your world with your words. In other words, this universe of ours came into being fresh from the spirit of our creator. All God did to create was to say, let there be, and there leapt into being the things that are. So God and his word are one. Now what I'm about to say is very old school And I learned this from Fred Price. None of this is even spoken of in the culture anymore. But you and your word are one. And a man is no better than his word. So you show me a man that doesn't keep his word. And in other words, if a man's word is no good, that man is no good. Now that's completely old school. That's gone. But I'm telling you, it's right and true nonetheless. So in the same way that God and his word are one, A man and his word are one. You cannot separate Father God from the word. 
Genesis 22, 16, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, speaking to Abraham, and hast not withheld thine son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. So this was God's promise that backed the Abrahamic covenant. And we see this in quoted or referred to in Hebrews 6.14, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. So no wonder Abraham had such confidence, which led to this description of him in Romans 4.17. And listen, if you're going to get anywhere with God, there's certain chapters you just have to master. If you're going to get anywhere with God, you've got to master Mark 11, you've got to master Romans 4, and you've got to master Galatians 3. If you're going to get anywhere with God, and so when I say master them, don't just read them, meditate on them. I remember one time we flew down to have lunch with John Osteen, and he had just finished that great big 6,000-seater, and he was, his office was across the road in what had been a feed store where the church had been for, I don't know, 20 years or so before he was able to build that 6,000-seater across the road. So we go over to this other building, and... Uh, you know, we, we get through reception and we get to the gal sitting outside his office and she ushers us into his office. And he, he's, he's sitting there in a pair of slacks and a dress shirt and a sweater reading the Bible like he doesn't have anything to do. That really impressed me because most people I know, they'd be running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Ed Cole told me once, and I won't mention the man's name, but he showed up at a very famous man's church in New Jersey and the pastor was setting the chairs up and uh, but there was John Osteen just sitting there in a pair of slacks and a sweater like he didn't have a thing in the world to do and you know he was he was reading the word of God and how we read the word of God has got to be different than how we read a newspaper see when you read a newspaper you just read the newspaper and uh, let's face it you know a lady People don't realize a lot of times what they're telling me. A lady came up to me a while back and she said, Pastor, when you do the annual Bible reading, do you really read Leviticus? And I burst out, I burst out laughing and I said, Sister, I said, you haven't experienced boredom until you get to numbers. <laughs> but so there are certain passages that you just read. Um, but there are others you need to meditate on. Romans 4, uh, Mark 11, Galatians 3. We need to meditate on certain passages and get that word down into us. If you ever have trouble with the book of Romans, just go over to Galatians. Galatians is the uh, condensed version of Romans. So it's, I like Galatians, especially Galatians 3. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God. We dealt with this I think Sunday. He is our Father in the sight of God in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which are not as though they were. And people that are ignorant in the nuances of religion think that this is somehow similar to the so-called mind sciences. It is not. Because in Christian science, they call things that are as though they weren't. 
So if they're sick, they say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's not what, that's not what this is saying. He is not the God who calls things which are as though they weren't. He's the God who calls things which are not as though they were. And when you begin looking for it, in fact, you could do an annual Bible reading just looking for this, and you'll see it everywhere. Uh, I didn't use it Sunday, but Austin did. I don't think I used it Sunday. But uh, Austin rehearsed the story of Caleb going to Joshua and saying, Moses promised me Hebron. Now give me my inheritance. And the Bible specifically says that there were giants in Hebron. The Anakites were in Hebron. Hebron had fortified cities, but the language of God. Joshua says, sure, you can have it. It's yours. But that didn't do away with the giants. That didn't take care of the fortified cities. In other words, this is the language of God. He calls those things which are not as though they were. And if you go through the Bible looking for this, you're going to find it everywhere. Say it out loud. We serve the God, serve God who, calls who calls those things, those things which, are not, which are not as though they were. As though they were. And we need to learn to do that. It's amazing the power when we do like our Father. Father God not only called the things that are not as though they were and they leapt into being, but we find out in the word of God that he watches over his word to see that not one word fails. Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord said to me, you have seen correctly for I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Thou hast well seen for I will hasten my word to perform it. The King James says, thou hast well seen for I will hasten my word to perform it. The amplified version of the Bible says, I am watching over my word to perform it. So God's watching over his word. We can go then to 1 John, where we find out that if, if we go to God, if we pray to God, if we pray to God based upon his will, which we know by his word, then we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So it's almost like uh, now they're recording everything. They, they, the cost of storage has gone down. Now they record everything. Uh, somewhere my phone's up here, your phone, all of this being recorded, every word of it. And, but in the old days, in the old days, they didn't have that ability, so then they, they would search our text and our phone for certain words, you know, like bomb or, uh, you know, Muhammad or whatever. You know what I'm saying? In other words, they would, they would just search for certain words to flag this or to flag that. You understand? Okay, that's a negative. Turn that coin over on the positive. God is listening for certain words. Do you get that? Amen. And what words, are he, what words are he listening for? His words. He's listening for his words coming out of our mouth. And that's why sometimes, <laughs> oh, you know, I just get in trouble without even meaning to. But I never cease to be amazed, you know, as much as I teach on all of this and confession and all of that, I'm, I never cease to be amazed at Friday prayer, Saturday prayer, and men praying silently. Now, that doesn't mean we have to be like Pentecostal people. Smith Wigglesworth used to say, you know, God's not deaf. 
So that doesn't mean we have to be like Pentecostal people and shout and scream at God all night. But things have to be said out loud. Amen. You know, if, if I needed the usher to do something, I wouldn't like mind meld. You know, like your wife does. You know, you're just, you're just supposed to know these things. Amen. Right? Telepathy or whatever. Amen. No, you, how, how do you communicate with spoken words? Right? So, he's listening. Tell your neighbor, God is listening for his word coming out of your mouth. Tell the neighbor on the other side, God is listening for his words coming out of your mouth. And he, is, he, is, he will hasten his words to perform them. He is watching over his word to perform it. Now, regarding the integrity of God, when Sue and I met Finus Jennings Dake back in 1974 or 5, uh, we both bought Dake Bibles, leather Bibles, and he autographed our Bibles. And under his signature, he wrote 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so the word of God, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, of course, this is what secular people, liberal preachers, it's what everybody wants to deny, but this is the word of God. Now, when I say this is the word of God, I understand there are differences in translations, and I understand that there are differences in the scrolls that they have found, you know, let's say the Dead Sea Scrolls and things that, because you understand before Gutenberg invented his press, everything had to be copied by hand. And so I understand all of that. But what I am saying is that the word of God, as those men of old were moved upon by the Holy Spirit and wrote it down, was perfect and it was infallible. I believe that. Because if we don't believe that, what do we have to believe? Talk to me. If we don't have that, if we don't believe that, what do we have to believe? Amen. So it is taking God at his word that changes our lives. That is such a simple concept. But I would say in 48 years of preaching the gospel, it's been the hardest thing to get people to see. And that is, it is taking God at his word that changes our lives. It is, say it out loud. It is taking God at his word that changes our lives. Because I can go to the word of God and I can find out what he says about success. I take God at his word, it changes my life. I can go to the Word of God, find out what He says about healing. I can take God at His Word. It changes my life. I can go to the Word of God and I can find out what God says about blessing all the work of my hands. I can take God at His Word. It changes my life. I can go to the Word of God and find out about the 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold return. I can take God at His Word and it changes my life. This is how we change our lives. Romans 4, verse 18, speaking of Abraham, Paul wrote, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. See, he believed. 
and so became the father of many nations. I keep, this, this illustration keeps coming back to me. So in 1970, my family moved from Warren, Michigan to Anderson Township, which was just outside of Cincinnati. And so there wasn't a church like what I grew up in. We find the best we can. It was a denominational full gospel church. And, uh, and I was cool. You know, I didn't run around trying to, I, I mean, I, I at least was smart enough to keep my mouth shut. Although the pastor I worked for, I went to work for a guy when I was working on my Master of Divinity degree at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I told Sue the other day what a high compliment it was because there was a local pastor that had been seduced by a Jesus-only or oneness preacher. And he was going to start rebaptizing people in his church in the name of Jesus only. And so the pastor I worked for, I thought, looking back on it, it was an incredibly high compliment because I could have only been 22 years old, 23, 24 years old. So we went to breakfast with uh, this pastor, and because of my background, the church I grew up in, uh, he had me try and talk to this pastor. And it's just sad. It's just sad because he and his wife had pioneered a church. They pioneered a Christian school. They started with nothing, built it up, built the school up. Uh, but man, in that denomination, you know, you, wanna, you want your exit papers. Just start baptizing people again in the name of Jesus only. Uh, anyway, so he got his uh, left foot of fellowship out of that. But the point is that in those days, it would have had to have been, it would have had to have been about 1981, maybe 1981 or very early 1982. But uh, there were several of us, and we were sitting at a barbecue joint over on Belknap, and it was some hole in the wall that was famous barbecue joint. We're sitting there, and. Uh, one of the guys that worked for the pastor I worked for, uh, he had been very active in Full Gospel Businessmen Fellowship. And so Kenneth Copeland walked in this barbecue joint, and I don't remember who was with him. And because of this guy sitting at our table, he came over, greeted this guy, and then they went to their table. And the pastor I worked for made some real snarky comments about how, you know, you need to watch that guy. Uh, yes, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. And, you know, all, all the sarcastic terms and words. But, you know, I mean, I was just a young man, and because of where I'd come from, you tell me to watch out for so-and-so because he's got too much faith. <laughs> you know, it's like my compass moved. Do you understand? And, uh, and what really made the change in our lives was we, oh my gosh, I don't mean to just tell stories. There was a man that befriended us in Kenya, wonderful, wonderful man, Wayne Turner. Uh, Wayne and Muriel Turner, they were from Bakersfield, California. They were there on dispensation because they were past the age of retirement. And uh, 
of course, you know, he'd spent his whole life on the mission field, but at that point in time, he was pioneering a church in Nakuru. Nakuru is the flamingo capital of the world. So Wayne, Wayne took a liking to me and had me preach for him. It was a tent. And, uh, and he lived in a stone house way up on the hill overlooking Nakuru. And you'd look down at the lake, and the lake looked like it was one-third pink because there were so many tens of thousands of flamingos down there. And uh, so he befriended us. And uh, the day before we, we left, when our tour was up, we went to lunch with Wayne and Muriel Turner in Nairobi. And I asked him, I said, Wayne, I said, you know, I'm just, we're just starting out. And I said, no offense, but you're toward the end. And I said, if you had it all to do over again, what would you do? And he looked at her and he said, should I tell him? She said, yeah, tell him. And he said, well, I would, I would pioneer an independent church in America and I would do missions out of it. And that was not a word of direction. Don't let people give you a word of direction. That was a word of confirmation. In other words, I'd already heard this from the Holy Spirit of God. But the point is that You have to believe. You know, when I, when I heard the pastor I worked for say, you know, watch out for that, that Kenneth Copeland. Oh, then we come back, we pioneered the church. We pioneered the church. I fasted 18, I was going to fast longer, but I fasted, I think, 21 days, October of 1983 to get a sure word as to where and when. And it was on the 18th day. I came in and I told Sue I got it. And it was... Uh, we were going to start and we were going to start New Year's Day 1984 and so then we just went to work to do it in Arlington Texas and uh, but I, I get out three or four months and I realize I need more information I mean we started the first Sunday we had 62 people we were thrilled but I just realized man I mean because there's a, a family coming to this church now and he felt bad because they had come out of a word of faith church that was failing. And they loved that pastor, but it was failing. And because it was failing, no children's ministries and all the bells and whistles we have. And I told him, I said, look, don't judge, don't judge that because I said, there's a lot of moving parts. I said, you, you got to deal with the city. You, you got to believe God. You've got to know what you're teaching. Then, then you got to manage people. And you got to hire people and you got to fire people. I said, there's a lot of moving parts. So I said, I don't judge anybody that's not done well. And, uh, but anyway, in the process of that whole time, he's leading me really down rabbit chases, but this is good stuff. Uh, so thank God, thank God, thank God, we went to Kenneth Hagen's camp meeting. 1994, thank God. Because what if we'd gone somewhere else? What if we'd gone to, you know, Mr. Cool's uh, seminar on how to wear sweatpants and don't have the Bible in your sermons and all of that? So thank God, thank God, thank God. And it was there that we heard John Osteen for the first time. What a blessing he was. My God. Great, great, great men. So my point is, Abraham believed. 
Tell your neighbor, you got to believe. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you, you got to believe. And we, we, live in the, we live in a land right now of idolatry. I mean, it's just amazing to me. How can the CDC change what they're saying every 30 days and people believe? I mean, it's just, I mean, it's amazing. Well, it's the science. Well, I hate to tell everybody, but science doesn't change every 30 days. You know? And that'd be like saying two plus two is four in August, but two plus two is five in September. Oh, we made a mistake. Two plus two is six in October. Well, that's what they're doing and calling it science. Well, it's not science. Because science, you know, I'm just a product of public school from the 60s. Science is to be challenged. You challenge it. You prove it. You don't just believe. But over here in the arena of faith, we are called upon to believe. And see what they're getting everybody to do is actually idolatry. Oh, Fauci. Oh, Fauci. Oh, Fauci. You know, it's idolatry. It's idolatry. Now, I'm not saying we're just ignorant hillbilly Christians against whatever, but we can read. Ask your neighbor, can you read? Ask the neighbor on the other side. If you can't read, I'll, or tell them, if you can't read, I'll help you. In other words, we can read and we can come to our own conclusions. Are you hearing me? And so... Thank God when we decided, we, I, I decided we, I needed more information. But see, you got to believe something. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. You, you, you only know me now. You only know me now. You know, like when you were a little girl. We didn't have all this. We didn't have all this. You only know me now. A lot of people here tonight. But when we started saying all of our needs are met, I mean, we had retirement accounts, but we didn't have much beyond that. And our first big faith goal, when we started down this road, our first big faith goal was that we could eat out. It sounds ridiculous. We used to pray this way when we, when we ate out. Thank you, Father God. We are blessed by God, and we can eat where we want, when we want, and pay cash. That, that, was, that was like a, 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 a faith goal. But literally, three decades later, I live in a world where if, if I wanted to eat at my favorite restaurant tomorrow, we could fly there, eat there, fly back the same day, and never feel it. So that's a long way from believing God to eat out of Jason's deli after church. Are you hearing me? Who are we eating out? Maybe once a month? Yeah. That's where we started. But see, you got to believe. And, and believing should be held 
in the arena of God and not given to politicians and not given to uh, government bureaucrats. Amen. You know, listen, I don't mean to be unkind, but when they say central intelligence agency, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> when, they say, when they say government doctor, that's an oxymoron. Look that word up. I'm not here to give you an English lesson. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. Tell your neighbor, you're not going to get anywhere until you believe God. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. And this is the key to the whole thing. It's the key to tonight. This is it. It's the bomb. This phrase right here. See, I just used that word. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Just as it had been said to him. Say it out loud five times. Just as it had been said to him. And everything I've done, that's how I've done it. I mean, we study the Bible. We, we confess the Bible. We believe the Bible. But... If you haven't figured it out, the Bible's not going to tell you whether you ought to marry this woman or marry that woman. The Bible's not going to tell you whether you ought to buy this piece of land or buy that piece of land. The Bible's not going to tell you how big a building to draw and build. The Bible's not going to tell you how to borrow money. That's some of these moving parts I'm talking about with regard to ministers failing. But everything we did... I give the Holy Spirit of God credit. Everything we did, I heard and I operated just as it had been said to me. Amen. Just as it had been said to me. Amen. Amen. Down to some pretty amazing minute detail. See, you only know me now. But there were days that we did crusades, not counting vacation month or holiday months, there were days we did crusades almost every month. I preached, from, I preached from the Atlantic to the Pacific and Nicaragua in the opening. See, it was communist. I started preaching there when it was communist. Then it was free. Now it's communist again. They're doing their death squads again. Whole thing all over again. But I preached from one end to the other. I preached from one end of Guatemala to the other. We, Sue and I preached in mountain villages where nobody had been. Yeah, one end of Mexico to the other. And then we got so tired of all the graft and corruption and all the stuff going on with people in the ministry down there, then we, we headed to Africa. Of course, I pioneered, I, pioneered th uh, I pioneered two churches in Zimbabwe in 1985. But see, you look at me now and you think, man, this guy is just a, this guy is uh, kicking it back. He's taking it easy. He's doing his thing in Arlington, Texas, but you don't understand why because the Lord told me about three years back, he said, don't go anywhere. He said, stay here and prepare these people for the end. Amen. Amen. So I do what I'm told. Amen. I do what I'm told. Amen. And that's how we do all this. That's how we walk in this favor. See, Abraham believed And then it says, not only did Abraham believe, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. And so these scriptures that 
Tonight's story night. So, you know, the first one, Philippians 4.19, and my, my God is able to meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That was the first one. Because, I mean, we, we, were, we were operating like two weeks from going under. Hand to mouth. Now, how many people here at some point in your life, and you're not ashamed to admit it, at some point in your life, you operated week to week, and at any given week, you could have gone out. I got my hand up. Look at this. Look at this. See? So Philippians 4.19 is where we started. We, man, if we could just get our needs met. We could just get our needs met. I mean, John Osteen used to say, we weren't, we weren't at the bottom of the barrel. We were under the barrel, and the barrel was on top of us. That's right. That's right. And that's where we started. But then there came a point where we were getting our needs met. But that was it. And I'm at a winter Bible seminar. And when we first started going, they were meeting in the warehouse. They'd converted to an auditorium. And then the next thing was Ken Jr. built a gymnasium next to the roller rink they had bought. And so there was a season. The, the church and everything was in this gymnasium like we are here. And But because of the roller rink, the connection at the back, there was a bank of pay phones at the back. So I called the office. Do I have any messages? What's going on? And I didn't mean to go that long, but I did. And I hear Kenneth Hagin up on the stage. And he says, you have to be careful with Philippians 4.19 because you can get stuck there. And that's all he said. He didn't say, now go to these next five verses. So I, I had to go do my own homework. But instinctively, I knew by the Spirit, that there was another level. There was an, it's not just getting your needs met. Now there's another level. And I remember when I started, when I started throwing 2 Corinthians 9-11 around, I mean, we had people upset because people maybe knew that we, were, we were, had just arrived at the level of needs met. But now I'm saying we're being made rich in every way so we can be generous on every occasion. And to them, it was a lie. And they would come to me and say, well, pastor, you know that's not true. And I would say, well, how can I tell a lie saying what God has said? Amen. I believed. Amen. Amen. I believed. Amen. I believed. Amen. And it has been done to me just as he said. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And people, people get upset because, see, if we were running a scam or a Ponzi or we were you know, we stole it or we got it from Trump or whatever, they wouldn't have any trouble with any of that. But when, when you stand up and you say, God did this, it upsets people because, well, why didn't God do that for them? Well, because we believed. Amen. And it has been done unto us just as God has said. Amen. Can you see that? Yes. Amen. But now let me back up. We still need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We still need to be led by God because you, there's nowhere in the Bible that's going to tell you to marry this guy or to marry that gal or to buy the red Ford or to buy the blue Chevrolet or to buy the uh, country French home or to buy the ranch style house or, or, or how about this, to buy in that neighborhood or to buy in that neighborhood because it's obvious some, some neighborhoods appreciate faster than others. So I have learned... To, to walk through life uh, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, 
If you think you have some word for the, from the Lord, you've got to take it to the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. The Bible is our standard. Amen. And if what you think you heard from God is contrary to anything you can find in that Bible, forget about it. Amen. Just, right. just throw it out the window and forget about it Amen. because you had too much pizza or whatever. Amen. Uh, but if, but if, you, if you have heard something from what you believe is the Holy Spirit of God and you can take it to the Bible and it lines up with the Bible, then run with it. On some things, I will say to the Lord, especially on perhaps asking somebody's forgiveness, because you know, sometimes you can ask somebody's forgiveness and stir up, a, kick a hornet's nest. Anybody ever done that? You know, you were just trying to do the right thing and ask somebody's forgiveness, and you didn't realize it, but you stepped in a fire ant pile. That's right. So when it comes to asking somebody's forgiveness, here's what I'll do. I'll say, now, Lord, you know I'll do anything you tell me to do. But if that's you, you bring it back to me. Amen. That's right. And he'll bring it back. And I do that. <laughs> I do that on money. Because I sure enough don't want to give somebody some great big offering because I ate too much. <laughs> Amen. You know, I mean, if, if the Lord tells me to do something, I'll do whatever, and he knows it. But I don't want to waste any money. So sometimes, you know, an idea will come to me, and I'll say, well, no, you know, Lord, I'm willing to do anything you tell me to do. But if that's you, you bring that back to me. Amen. And there's one this year he hasn't, been, he hasn't brought, brought, brought back to me, and I, I, I think that's just hunky-dory. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we go by the written word of God. And then we go by the leading of the Holy Spirit. That can be authenticated or verified or lines up with the written word of God. Amen. And this is how you stay out of trouble. Amen. This is how you stay out of trouble. Amen. I'm going to throw one more thing in. And then it was cute. Austin texted his mom. I'm not going to be there. So make sure dad does an offering, you know, <laughs> as if I'm going to forget the offering. But... Uh, we're always telling people this. We learned this from Marilyn Hickey, wonderful lady. Follow the peace. And uh, so if you're dating somebody and you got no peace, dump them. And uh, if you're thinking about changing jobs and you have no peace, don't do it. I could not count how many times I've seen people move away from here for some dream job and then three months later they got fired from that dream job. So... Man, you need to follow the peace. Amen. 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 And, uh, and then on some things, just slow down. You know, don't, don't, I know when we come up into blessing, we want to do this and we want to do that. Let me tell you what. There are levels of prosperity. And I'll tell you, I know one thing Warren Buffett was not doing today. I know one thing I know Warren Buffett was not doing today. Looking at Rolexes. See, we, we come up to a level and we think, oh man, you know, I can do what I want. And, uh, and we pass through that. You know, I'd buy a car. If I didn't like it, I'd trade it 30, not 30, but 90 days later. You know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Amen. And if we would slow ourselves down, and follow the peace. And if, if we don't have peace about something, just don't do it. Amen. If we don't have peace about something, just don't do it. Just Amen. skip it. That's right. Amen? Amen? 
and, uh, and wait. And, and don't let anybody, here's something else we learned from Marilyn Hickey. Don't let anybody put a proverbial gun to your head that if you don't do this right here, your chance of a lifetime is going to be gone forever. Don't let people do that to you. Because we learned from Marilyn Hickey to open our mouths and say, if that is God, it's going to be there when we want it and nobody's going to buy it or get it from us. So we have peace. Because, you know, people come along and they say, man, this this is the quadruple, quintuple deal of a lifetime. And if you don't sign right now, this this opportunity is going to be gone for the rest of your life. And we say, you know, hasta la vista. You know, because that, that, is con- that is manipulation, is control, and we don't operate on that basis. Amen. 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 Yeah, Austin didn't tell the rest of the story. Sunday at 11, he told the story about his first car. It was a BMW Roadster, but he didn't tell the rest of the story. Uh, the reason I, was, I switched from my Jeep Cherokee vision for him to a BMW Roadster was... Uh, I guess it was the Christmas catalog, and they had this BMW Roadster, the James Bond car from that year, and they were only making 50. And so, you know, I call up, and, oh, those are gone. Well, of course they're gone. What do you think? There's 50. And I put the phone down, and I said, now, Lord, you know, I'd like to do this for him, you know? I'd like to, but no panic, no strife, no, you know, threatening lawsuits or there were no Google reviews back then, but no threatening that, you know, just calm Lord. You know, I'd like to do this for him. Picked up the phone, called back. Yeah, we just had a cancellation. So follow the peace. Don't get all worked up about stuff. Amen. 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 Because if it's something the Lord maybe, it's not that the Lord wants it for you. Do you understand this about God? God I learned this from Fred Price. God's will for your life is basically your will for your life unless your will violates his will. So if somebody wants a BMW, that's God's will for your life. Somebody wants a a Mercedes, that's God's will for your life. Somebody wants three wives, eh, you're out of bounds. You understand? Amen, that's right. So say it out loud, God's will. will. Say, Say it this way. Father God, Father God is my Father. Is my father. So, he so He wants me to have what I want to have, have so long as what I want to have is not contrary, is not contrary to, his word. to His Word. Amen. 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 He's good and He loves us. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life. 
because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.